0: The darkness, it swirls around you. It feels crushing. Everything is wrong. Nothing is right. You find yourself inexplicably tired. You are dragging. You have no motivation to do anything. These are some of the signs of depression, those dark times in life that can come out of nowhere and seem to have no rhyme or reason. Or maybe we know exactly where they came from. Sometimes it starts slowly, it's one sad day, but then that one sad day turns into two and then more and then more and then more. Sometimes it just hits you like that tired funk that hits you when you've been up too late at night and then suddenly you find your eyes unable to stay open and it just hits you in that moment and you wake up the next day and you just can't get out of this funk. It comes in many ways, in many different forms, but it is very much a reality for many, whether it's mild or it's more severe. Depression is something that's real. Mental health is something we're sometimes hesitant to talk about. And we in the church are especially guilty of that at times. Of either not addressing it at all, or we sweep it under the rug and pretend if we just don't think about it, it'll go away. Mental health in general, in most of society, is a neglected subject. It seems like we might be beginning to get better about it, but overall, it's not something we like to talk about. After all, it's much easier to talk about happy things, right? I mean, especially here in church, I mean, we love joy. We are a joyous Easter people. We like to talk about our joy in Christ, our joy in redemption, in forgiveness, in grace, We love to tell you that it's great to give thanks in all things. And, especially if you're me, you smile a lot. Now, none of those things in and of themselves are bad, except for when we feel like we're required to smile. I bet if I asked for a show of hands, I'm not going to, but if I asked for a show of hands here tonight and asked you, have you ever faked a smile? Anytime, not just at church, but anytime at all. Have you ever walked into a room and you've been miserable and you smiled anyway? Well, they actually uh, came up with a term for this uh, a few years ago uh, up at Pins- at the University of Pennsylvania where they called it u face." And it was what they found college students were doing on their campus because this is a fairly elite school and so you've got to be smiling because everything's going great and nobody's struggling, right? Nobody here has ever struggled with schoolwork, right? I mean, not here at American. No there's no, nobody here is an overachiever or struggles when things aren't perfect. No that would never happen, I have not seen that at all in my office at all all yet this semester. Sometimes we have bad days. Sometimes everything doesn't go perfectly. Sometimes those bad days turn into something more. Sometimes we get depressed. Sometimes we don't feel like giving thanks. Sometimes We're really just not happy. It's a reality. It's part of our human experience here. And unfortunately, it's something that's especially true for college students. I went through and was looking up some statistics about this, and it was surprisingly easy to find a whole list of statistics Uh, But I want to read just a few for you, just to let you know how pervasive this is for the 18 to 25-year-old age group. One out of every four college students suffers from some form of mental illness, including depression. 44% of American college students report having symptoms of depression. 75% of college students do not seek help for mental health problems. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among college students, second only to unintentional injury. 19% of young people in the United States either contemplate or attempt suicide every year. And four out of five college students who either contemplate or attempt suicide show clear warning signs. Mental health is a real concern. As a chaplain coming onto your campus, it's a special concern of my heart because I know how stressful school can be. In just the short months I've been here, I've already seen how stressful this campus can be and how many of you have felt stressed from your exams. How many of you have shared in our joys and concerns time, stress over papers and midterms already this semester? Life isn't always joyful, is it? Life gets hard sometimes. And what I want to talk about tonight, why I'm sharing this in our sermon time, is because as Christians, we do the same thing that everybody else does when these things happen. And that's why we hang on the very best we can. And that's about the best answer I can give you, because how do you get through depression? How do you get through the hard times? Well, you just hang in there. And you do the best you can. Now, we also have something going for us that maybe not everybody has. And that's the other part of what I want to talk about tonight, because we've been going this semester through a series of what we do as Christians. What is it that being Christian means? And one of the things being Christian, as Christians, what we do is when we hit those hard times, if we can do nothing else, we hold on to our faith. And we hold out hope that God is good, and that even if I don't feel like God loves me right now, I believe that God loves me, and I hold on to that as that one bit of light, no matter how dark things can get. Something that Sam reminded us of on Thursday night at our healing service when he shared how that even at 4 a.m. in the middle of the night, the light of God is shining, and the God goes before us, and God always goes with us, even when we struggle, even when times seem difficult, even when we don't know how we're going to make it, and we're just hanging on trying to get through the, that day so we can get to the next. We hold on to that hope that God is good. Now, Our scripture this evening comes from the book of Job and if you don't know anything about Job well it's first of all a really fascinating book to sit down and read and we could really spend hours having conversation on all the different parts but let me give you this quick summation. Basically uh, Job was a faithful person who uh, God recognizes faithful, and then Job is tested. His faith is tested, and Job loses everything. Everything. And when I say everything, I mean his land, his, his, uh, all of his property, all of his family. He loses everything. And then when that happens, all of his friends turn to him and say, Job, 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 why have you sinned and why is God mad at you? Clearly you've done something to offend God. And then when things don't get better, they say, why don't you just turn your back on God because God's abandoned you. And Job continues to persist. No matter how bad things get, Job continues to have faith. Now, an important thing to remember about Job is that just because he kept faith didn't mean he was always happy. It didn't mean he was like, oh my goodness, things are great, I just lost my whole family. No, Job had really difficult days. Job had days where he struggled. And part of the reason we have this particular scripture because it shows us one half of Job In verse 25, it says, For I know my Redeemer lives, and that at the last He will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has thus been destroyed, then in my flesh I shall shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. Basically saying that at the end of everything, no matter what happens in the rest of his life, Job knows that Job is going to see God. God. And that is good. It's a powerful proclamation. Part of that we use uh, in uh, other parts of our narrative on what this thing being a Christian means when we say, I know my Redeemer lives. It echoes back to Jesus. Now, obviously Job is before Jesus, but we use it talking about that my Redeemer lives. Jesus who died on the cross and rose again. Job is making this powerful, positive statement, almost in a defiant tone, and, well, that's all well and good, but if you just go back to the very beginning of chapter 19, and you read these words, in verse 2 he says, "'How long will you torment me and break me in pieces with words?' And then in verse 7, even when I cry out violence, I am not answered. I call aloud, but there is no justice. Job, who is going through this incredibly difficult time, and in one hand is saying, I have faith that my Redeemer lives. But this sucks right now. I'm calling out for justice, but there is none. The story teaches us, it's not one that teaches us that we have to smile through everything, that we have to smile when things are bad, and that if we can just go to church, that'll make everything better. Now, going to church can be a part of that, but none of these things are what Job is teaching us. Job is teaching us that in those really difficult times, in those really hard times, when things get really bad, when you're facing depression, when you're facing those challenging times in life, when you have a a relationship that ends, when you lose a loved one, when you fail a test or, heaven forbid, you fail a class, when life seems to be spiraling out of control, when your parents get divorced, when something happens and you fall down that cliff. What do we do? We do our best to say, My Redeemer lives, that Jesus is alive, and that I have faith in Christ who is holding me. And I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I'm holding on to God and hoping. And it's not easy. And I don't want you to hear me saying that holding on to hope is easy, because it's not. Ask anyone who's ever suffered with depression before about holding on to hope while you feel depressed. It's not easy. But as Christians, that's if we can't hold on to anything else. That's what we hold on to. That's what we do. And we gather in places like this where other people hold on to that hope so that maybe if I can't hope, maybe the person next to me can. If I can't love, maybe the person next to me can. If I can't believe today, maybe the person next to me can. And maybe I can grab onto a little bit of their hope, to their love, to their belief. Maybe if I just grab a hold of that, I can make it through another day. In the 16th century, there was a Carmelite priest who uh, goes by the name of St. John of the Cross, and he wrote a poem that is called The Dark Night of the Soul. And from that poem, a whole area of theology has been developed about thinking about the hard times, the valleys of life. And to put it more simply, the dark night of the soul can be thought of as those times when we find ourselves in the darkness and we're looking for the light. So any of those things I was just talking about, those times when we find ourselves lacking. Now spiritually we associate this with looking for God and finding God distant, or at least feeling like God is far away. Now as Christians we also see this as part of our journey. We know this happens from time to time. Just like the hard times happen in life, we know these dark nights of the soul happen. Those times where you feel like you're praying into the utter abyss and your prayers are going nowhere. And you're wondering, God, where are you? This, by the way, is not a negative thing. It's a part of our journeying with God, because in those times, it's when we grow in our faith. Sometimes more than any other time. Because it's these are the times when you start to question, what do I really believe? What do I really hold on to? What really gives me hope? Does this thing I talk about, my faith, does Jesus, do I even believe in that? and we get to ask those questions and hopefully find answers. Another reason it's important to be gathered in a community like this, because in these places, it's safe to ask those questions. And if you can't believe, maybe someone else can. And so when we find ourselves in these dark nights of the soul, we have to remember that it is not something we have to smile through. It's not something that we have to pretend about. I hope if you hear anything I say tonight, that you hear me say that you don't have to pretend to be happy if you come to worship here or come to anything that we do here in K. That you can come here and you can be yourself and you can say, I'm having a really crappy day. Because it's not easy a struggle this thing we call having faith if nothing else and I use that word intentionally it's a struggle because it's a struggle not to lose yourself in that darkness it's a struggle to hold on to hope it's a struggle to keep on believing but in this place we don't have to struggle alone First and foremost, in this place, as with everywhere, but especially in this place, we have the grace of God which is with us. That's something we can hold on to. And in this place, we have this community. This place where you can come and be yourself, and you can cry, and you can scream, and you can be angry, and you can be frustrated, and you can be happy, and you can be laughing. And all of these things can happen in this place because this is what we call Christian community. And most importantly, because we're not called to walk in the darkness alone. If you're feeling in a place of darkness, tell somebody. You don't have to tell everybody. Tell a friend. Tell someone you're close to. If you're struggling, be honest. Come and talk to me. My door is always open. And I promise I'm not going to share with anybody. Talk to somebody. I know there's mental health services on campus. Go and talk to them. Talk to a professor. Talk to somebody. Don't feel like you have to walk through this alone. Because sometimes when we find ourselves in that darkness, when we can't see the light, sometimes what we really need is a friend to grab our hand and walk us back into it. To help us walk back into that place. Because... While we might struggle with our belief, we do know this one true fact, that God is always there. God is always reaching out to us. God is always loving us. And no matter how dark things get, it never gets so dark that God is gone. And so we remember this very simple truth. Christ is with us. And when we can't do anything else, we hold on to that. Amen.